Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal, boys and girls. My name is Ty Hildenbrand. Joining me way over there, somewhere out yonder, the one and only, the man with the plan... Maybe Dan Rubenstein, sir. How you doing? I have no plans. No, but I'm doing pretty good, and I'm still where I was last time, which is also great news. I'm I'm pretty good, Ty. I am no more clear on what the hell is going on in the college football world oh. than I was the last time we recorded. No, <laughs> oh, but there are, there are new and different things to talk about and figure out. So there's that, and then Ty, I have a plan to end this show with a non-bummer conversation because I don't want to get too mired in the quicksand, the bummer quicksand that bummer has quicksand. been the off season. And, and for, I think, pretty good reason, but I think there's an opportunity to pivot in the last, I don't know, quadrant of the episode. So look forward to that. Pivot to the non-bummer content, if I Correct. understood that correctly. Yeah. 2020 as a whole has had a lot of bummer content in it. And so yeah. it'd be nice to kind of go out on a high note. Hi, I'm Ty. He's Dan. This is a Solid Verbal. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Going out to our website, solidverbal.com. You can find all the ways you can subscribe out there. You can also go on out to Apple, on Spotify, on Google, Stitcher, you name it. Anywhere you get a podcast, you can find our fine show. Normally, it's a college football show. And um, I don't mean to imply Otherwise, that today we're yeah. going to do a show on like Japanese anime or funk or anything crazy like that. But both Japanese anime or Japanese funk. Correct. But uh, college football, I think, hanging on by a thread. College football in a bit of an uncertain time at the moment. We had the news from a few days ago and we did the Wednesday show. Got a little bit more news, I guess, that we'll get through here momentarily to talk through where things stand, at least at time of recording. But as we've come to know, things change. We'll go through all that and much, yeah. much more. We did open up the reverb line and we started getting messages, but my sense is that we need to leave that open longer <laughs> to get more of a reaction from our verbaler hood. Again, that number is 408-VERBAL-1. That is 408-837-2251. For those new listeners who aren't familiar, you can call up and leave us a voice message. And essentially, we're going to go through it. We're going to pick out our favorites. We're going to cut it up together. And we're going to do an off-season reverbs edition, probably next Wednesday or Friday. But we want to give enough opportunity for folks out there to respond, Dan. I think that's only fair. It is. Can I tell you what's going on online with the college football universe today? A, a time where we're usually knee-deep in fall camp. Can I tell you <laughs> where the conversation from sort of the, the legacy SIs, ESPN, Bleacher Report, places like that. Can I tell you where it was on social media now that I am paying closer attention to that as I manage our own Instagram feed? Dare, dare I ask? Happy left-handed day to mm. Kellen Moore, to Tim <laughs> Tebow, to Matt Leinert. Okay. Friends, we're searching for something. We're yeah. searching. We are, that's we that's are where searching. we are. We yeah. are searching Happy left-handed indeed. day. Happy left-handed. Yeah. Are you left-handed? I'm not. Nor am I. Happy left hand. I can go. Day. I can go when dribbling wise. Ty, I'm pretty ambidextrous on the basketball court, but beyond that, no, not really. 
write in solidverbal at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us out there on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And if you are ever so inclined, go on out to the subreddit at solidverbal.reddit.com, I believe is still the URL, Mr. Rubenstein. Yeah, I checked in this morning. I looked at the subreddit and there was a thread that said, oh, it's really good that Dan and Ty are still recording and, you know, they're pushing forward. And then somebody responded with, yeah, me too. I'm glad that they're they're recording. Has anybody sensed tension between Dan and Ty? <laughs> has, has that come through to anybody else? And a couple people were like, yeah, kind of. I don't know if it's a big deal. Should we and should we point <laughs> out or should we not? Well, I'm giving away the game. Should yeah. we point out that you and I basically talk all day, every day? That's true. No, it, it's totally true. And there's no tension. It's it's more the surrounding life stuff yeah. around the solid verbal that, you know, can can mess with our brains a little bit. So there are shows where I'm going to be sounding or there were shows anywhere a little more unsure of where I was <laughs> in life. And there were shows that you had maybe been on three and a half hours of sleep. That yeah. that's that it happens. happens, hopefully not as much moving forward, but that's that's probably what you're hearing. Podcasters are just like you listening at home, except we're on the other side of the microphone. Should we get to our dumb. news? Yeah, I was gonna say dumb and unable to separate everything in life. Let's get to news. Let's get to news. We sort of have breaking news. Everything is breaking, Ty. Yeah. The news is literally broken at this point, is it not? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's there's a good art. We can do a whole show about that. We can. Sure. Just write that down. Okay. We might need that for <laughs> the like news a, is a month broken. from now. Yeah. The Big 12 is saying it will play mm-hmm. a 2020 football season this fall. That is despite what the Big 10 and Pac-12 are doing with their postponement. Quote, I am very optimistic about moving forward. That is from our good friend, Bitter Bob Bowlesby, said that on Wednesday. Quote, having said that, here's the hedge. Get ready. If we get to a point where we have a crossroads and the information contraindicates. I've never seen that word in my life. Hold on. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. Kant is a direct quote. Contraindicates. I think that's just contradict, right? Isn't that that just a stretching out of continue it's a contradiction to make it sound like you're smarter than i don't know contraindicates going forward we know that we can pivot quickly to protect student athletes and to do something different if what we're doing isn't working a big 12 source told cbs before the meetings the mindset is it's too early unless the medical folks flip the switch. So here's what they've done. They've, they've basically gone out on record. They're, they're optimistic. They're going to continue to try and push forward, regardless yeah. of what skepticism may or may not be out there. They have also released an updated schedule matrix, which I've mm-hmm. got in front of me, which we've got on our doc here. So they would be scheduled to start their season on September the 26th, which I believe is the same date as both the ACC and SEC, maybe not the ACC, but at least the SEC. I know that. Yeah, there's flexibility built into all of this. Yeah. And the Dr. Pepper Big 12 championship game would therefore be on either the 12th of December or on the 19th of December, depending on how things go. They've got two bye weeks built in here, which they could flex and move around if need be. But uh, as of now, time of recording, we're doing this on Thursday night, August, what, 11th? No, 13th. Yeah. Gosh, I'm losing track of sure, time. Sure, who knows? <laughs> That's where yeah. it stands right now in the Big 12. 
Can I ask you something completely irrelevant that came to my brain when you talked about that schedule? That is what we do on this show. Yes. Are we to assume the Dr. Pepper throw off at the Big 12 championship game into the inflatable cans is completely off? Is that too much of a risk? Wow. Is, is now tuition gifting hmm. going to be rescinded? Or is there going to be a new type of competition that's socially distanced, perhaps a remote Dr. Pepper inflatable can throw off? Well, if it's remote, you can somehow cheat. Well, so I mean, you live that. stream it in, you Skype it in, and you you have a representative socially distanced Listen, I don't and trust, taking precautions. I don't trust the remote video. The integrity of I the I don't Big trust 12 it. We is... need to have PricewaterhouseCoopers out there on the ground if we're going to verify this thing. But Okay. I think you there... do it, don't you? What's... There's no like... Yeah. You separate them out. There's no violation of social distancing protocol if you're going to throw right, a ball Right, and they're not grabbing from... They're not grabbing from the same can right they each have their own ball can that's correct okay i'm just making sure that would have been perhaps a dicey prospect if they were um as it relates to the schedule as it relates to the big 12's plan i am skeptical of anybody's indicator or contraindicator or whatever that doesn't sound something like <laughs> maybe <laughs> well we're gonna go for it but ugh, I, I, like just Putting in sounds between sentences and thoughts. I don't trust anybody's confidence. I don't trust anybody being loud. I don't right. uh, trust anybody that's saying with any degree of certainty anything at this point. So that's worrisome to me. And I thought Greg Sankey has towed the line pretty well. He has, I think it seems like he's been pretty forthright. I think he has done an admirable job throughout this okay. whole thing. And obviously the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are very quick to act. The Big Ten was the very first conference to come out and say we're going to play only conference games right that was going back a month month and a half whatever it was now. right but greg sankey has been i think very deliberate and very cautious and he has maintained this line the full way through that they're going to take a wait and see approach they're going to yeah. delay as long as they can everybody without exception views the springtime as a last resort and so greg sankey has i think been very consistent in what he said they're going to just delay, delay, delay until they have to eventually delay to spring. Meanwhile, the Big 12 is just going to do it and be legends. They're going to throw <laughs> the fire festival in Lubbock, Texas. Ja Rule is going to be there. Yep. You don't understand, guys. This is going to change everything. Yeah. So that so the Big 12 is full steam ahead and the SEC and ACC have taken that in some regard as, okay, three is better than two is better than one. So let's cautiously delay any big decisions as long as possible but that i may may bring us to our second item on the news story and that sort of or on the news segment that's what florida state players uncomfortable with how testing protocol is and how right. communication is once again from the coaches on down to the players and within that same conference syracuse players have now refused to practice for the third time in eight days because they're unhappy with the rate at which they're being tested, which right now is every other week. Which seems Whereas, like, seems like yeah. it should be more frequent than that. It seems like it should be. And that's sort of what PAC-12 doctors and the medical advisory board talked about, how really with what the states on the West Coast are looking like, which is not always that good, depending on where in the state things are happening, football-wise, uh, every day seems like, given the speed of the spread and the uncertainty about certain aspects and long-term, short-term results, 
that every day seems like the way to go, much like the NBA is doing inside their bubble. Yeah. And so right. Syracuse going every other week, and I'm sure they're following as many protocols and doing everything they realistically can. I have no reason to believe otherwise. But that seems like not enough, and it seems the players agree. Yeah, I mean, now we kind of wade into this murky territory of different almost warring factions within college football. We've got the conferences now pitted against one another. Mm -hmm. Not just between the power five and the group of five and any subsequent level, but even with- Did you see what the Oregon State president said? This just came out a little while ago. No. This is a report from Nick Daschle, who covers the the Beavers for the Oregonian, the biggest paper in the state. The Pac-12 has called off football this fall. The SEC has not. Asked Oregon State President F. King Alexander, who I think used to be at LSU, what the Pac-12 is seeing that the SEC isn't, quote, I think probably reality. Mm. So, yes. And in terms of the tension, it's not between you and I. It's starting to rise between conferences and people affiliated within conferences. But but, but you see this happening and it's a sport that is deeply flawed. We love it for all of its flaws, but it is very tribal. Um, You've always had a situation where different parts of the country treat college football differently. It certainly has more significance in places in the South than maybe somewhere in the greater Northeast. So we're starting to see now with the pressure, I think, caused by the pandemic, some fault lines emerge, maybe more clearly than we're used to, not just between conferences and commissioners and presidents, but also now with players finding their collective voice. We talked on the last podcast about how players finding this voice, maybe moving towards creating an association, which, by the way, Dabo Swinney is all for. Sure. An association, but not a union. He is correct. Correct. An association. I've saw people talking about this. You have you listen to an association. You don't necessarily act upon what a union but wants. that's but that's a step forward okay that'd be a quantum leap forward for the players to I kind guess. of find a collective voice i but my point is that it's not just between administrators now it's between players and schools in some cases you got fans turning on each other like it's getting a little bit ugly it's probably going to get worse before it gets better and to your point now we've got three wide receivers including mm-hmm. tamari and terry who's a big deal Marian, at florida yeah. state yeah mm-hmm. talking about testing protocols you mentioned the thing at syracuse players skipping practice for, what do you say, a third time in eight days because of testing concerns? Right. This is, I would expect, going to be something that we hear a lot more of, presumably before it gets better. Um, it, it's going to take things like this coming to the surface before I think enough pressure is put on some of these institutions to maybe test more and hopefully get in line with one another and develop some sort of standard protocol. That's really what we're missing at this point. And Look, we've talked about that for weeks, too. That standard protocol would really go a long way right now just to get college football to more of an NBA or NFL or MLB model. Yeah, I saw Greg Byrne, a couple of interesting quotes. And by the way, if you're not following Ross Dellinger, who I, we're, we're trying to find a time to connect with him. He's obviously been very busy from SI, but he's been covering this really, really fascinatingly, talking to a lot of important, powerful people within the sport. Talked to, I think I saw Greg Byrne from Alabama said he didn't know what the threshold would be for how many cases and positive tests would have to occur before they 
had to figure out an action. So that's still being debated and talked about and weighed. And then there was also something interesting. I think there was a Big 12 coach or somebody within a Big 12 program talking about how they are trying to completely shift how the team is organized and like to the point where they're saying, okay, who should and shouldn't be roommates? Like maybe we shouldn't have the entire offensive line living in a house together, the starting offensive line. It's like the designated survivor. It sort of is. It absolutely is where it's not because they'll necessarily infect every other starter that they're living with or they're in a meeting room with or they're in a practice pod, which is also a thing that, you know, they're they're changing who is practicing together to not go more than 15 or 20 people within a close cluster. But if a defensive tackle tests positive, the rest of the defensive line, having lived in that same apartment and sat in that same meeting room, yeah. they need to quarantine because right. contact tracing it becomes a thing and it becomes very difficult if we're talking about huge defensive meeting rooms and, you know, huge training table uh, proximity. It's it's become very, very tricky to say, OK, we're coming up with a protocol, yeah. but what happens with this part of the protocol if this happens or if, what happens to this timing if this happens where right. it's not just a move, it's a series of... If and thens. Well, and hey, how about... It's how, crazy. Let's harken back to the last episode. What would constitute success? What would represent... What, what do you mean? What, what ratio, what infection rate, just what right. number, what target would represent, quote unquote, safe to play? I don't know if we've heard that. And I think that's part of the frustration. I understand if you're... You know, we're going to talk about Nebraska next. I understand if you're Scott Frost, if you're team has put in the effort, you've been disciplined, you've been doing your part to try and keep your numbers down. Mm -hmm. I understand now having the rug pulled out from underneath you, never mind the whole economic impact on Lincoln or any of that stuff, but just in a football sense, if you're doing everything you're supposed to do and you feel like your team, your your bubble that you've created for yourselves is safe, um, what more do you need to do? What more needs to happen outside of your bubble in order for you to be able to take that next step forward? Somebody's got to establish that. I saw something out there, and I should have written down, you know, who said it, like like an honest podcaster. But mm-hmm. I saw something to the effect of ten cases per hundred thousand. If we get down to that level, that would that would maybe unlock a lot of what we can or can't do. This would be. I believe that was that was the NCAA's head. Was doctor, that the NCAA? Okay. Yeah. That. Thank you. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, there was a report there that was in conjunction with the okay. Center for Infectious Diseases. But yes, there there were numbers like that that were aspirational, but um, that that was one of the. But it's the data points. You know, I don't know if that is the right data point. I'm not an epidemiologist, but what? I hope that for the sake of these players and coaches who I know are trying their damnedest to to just do the best they can with this, as we all are. To have that number, to know what that target is, something to work towards. That's what these guys thrive on, that mm-hmm. target. Give them something that they can work towards and, you know, hopefully we'll be in a better spot. Um, not just in a couple of weeks. I mean, look, there are three conferences here that that intend on playing, at least at time of recording. So I don't want to assume otherwise. It does feel like maybe the writing's on the wall, but we aren't there yet. The Big Ten and Pac-12 have made that decision and we'll see about the other three. Hopefully... Things can turn around here or things can get to a safer spot where they are able to play. I'd love to have Big 12 football. We did the preview. The only preview we did, right? We're ready. I know. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that seemed to be the one with the most certainty we could go forward doing. Also, should again mention, because so much attention has come onto the Power Five conferences, there's there are other conferences that are planning on playing and trying to figure out. True. I just saw what the SOCONs is not having no. conference games, but they're available for non-conference, which, which feels- is very weird. It's kind of icky. It's, it's very kind of weird. icky uh, to sort of be a mercenary at this point within the sport. Um FCS football is done, right? Correct. FCS football is done, which is a pretty significant bummer. Having been to a major FCS game, Ty, we have the bona fides. I I like FCS football. I like the competition. I like the interesting stories. I like the abilities to to jump up and take down an FBS team I mean, every it's good so football. often. It's good football. It's good football. There are good stories. A lot yeah. of talent, coaching talent moves its way up to the FBS level and there's a lot of unique tradition. It's it's no worse in terms of tradition than the Power Five level. So, I um, it's a pretty big bummer. It is a pretty big bummer that we don't have FCS football to watch and enjoy. Perhaps if there's a a lull in anything interesting on the FBS level, just to flip over and watch, you know, yeah. the North Dakota schools, uh, just bam it out. I don't know. So, um, I don't know. I you just, don't know. Well, let's move it's on. The the threshold thing is. Is wild to me because the NCAA report came out in, in terms of what is and isn't doable. And, you know, sort of I saw a quote about hitting the iceberg and then trying to figure out what to do. And what like, to do. Well, okay. How long do we have? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It is crazy times. Hopefully we can get some more clarity as conferences continue to try and figure this thing out. Not just looking forward to the spring, but looking forward to the fall with what yeah. we've got scheduled here. Again, I don't want to draw assumptions otherwise, but um yeah, they're they're definitely going against a current right now that we hope they can overcome. So the player thing is definitely one aspect of it. And the other bit of tension that we knew about on the last show, it seems like now they've made up, is Nebraska. So you may recall that after the news shook college football, that the Big Ten was going to pull the plug. Even slightly before that news became official, when we had coaches going on ESPN, talking about defending their players' right to play, Scott Frost was very outspoken. And the University of Nebraska was very outspoken as well, indicating, hey man, we're a free agent now. We're looking for any opportunities we can get. We want to play football. And there was a lot, a lot. You want to talk about the internet. There were a Mm -hmm. lot of competing opinions on the internet. The marketplace of ideas was teeming with ideas. Some good, mostly bad. But at the end of the day, I think Desmond Howard um, was the one who really brought this to a boil by saying, if I'm the Big Ten commissioner, I'm looking for a way to kick their ass out. Yeah. Well, lo and behold, Nebraska has now officially ended talks of playing outside the Big Ten. Quote, the University of Nebraska-Lincoln is a fully committed member of the Big Ten Conference. Chancellor Ronnie Green and President Ted Carter said in a statement, quote, it is an unparalleled athletic and academic alliance. So there you go. You don't have to be happy about it. Um, I do think it's probably the right move financially for Nebraska for as hard as it is to say that amid all the pandemic stuff and what they probably stand to lose as both an institution and a town without playing football this fall. But um, Big Ten is still in the best spot among conferences as it relates to TV contracts and money coming in. Mm -hmm. We call it the richest conference for a reason. So um, 
Nebraska apparently backing down from its previous stance. I I kind of get it from Nebraska's standpoint. The stuff totally. you mentioned earlier about, totally. you know, we're doing everything by the book. We, we're getting players ready and we believe in the safety of not just our school and our athletic department and our team, but those of the other schools in the Big Ten, the other athletic departments. And we have put ourselves in the safest possible position. I get where they're coming from. But you start looking at what the ledger looks like with and without the Big Ten, and suddenly, uh, perhaps you're not you're not meant to go on Tinder and see all those swipes from other conferences. Because <laughs> I don't know if those swipes were coming in in the same way that they, yeah. the Big Ten is bringing in that cash. So it's true. It's it's interesting. It, it, it's fascinating and it's understandable. It, it's totally understandable. I get it. Um, I think Nebraska gets it too. You you may recall in the very early days of the pandemic. Nebraska, the state of Nebraska was uh, where some of the early patients went to recover from the mm-hmm. coronavirus. So the, this is something that I think hits pretty close to home for them. And I understand the frustration. I kind of expected that they would backtrack a little bit here. It does make long-term financial sense for them to stay in the Big Ten. Uh, but from a Scott Frost perspective, if you're a guy like an Adrian Martinez, like, hey, man, what do you want from us? Right? What do you want? We're doing everything we can here. And, um, you know, I, I think, think for the most part, they've been doing a pretty good job. I think there's also a degree of reputational optic fan service to this. A lot of this is performative, right? Yeah, I mean, everything's performative. But um, just in terms of where the Nebraska program is, where Scott Frost is compared to where he was, you know, I, I don't know how much realistic optimism there is in you know, Nebraska fan circles after these past couple seasons and not seeing anything altogether all too different. So right. this is a win in terms of team and program pride saying Nebraska football is ready to play. We're ready to explore our options. This is big red. We're doing everything. Let's play football. I think there is some fan service to that. Yeah, I think there is. But that's OK. This is it's college football. Everything is silly. So. Staying in the Big Ten, then, this is finally something that I think we could sink our teeth into. Amid all of this talk about moving to spring, there are many skeptical folks out there. I think, Dan, you're included in that category. Yeah. I want to first offer just a a bit of personal reaction to this because, you know, I I thought a lot about it. I went through the last podcast I edited, and I just I want to make it clear I'm not like rooting for a spring season. You know, I'm not rooting for the cancellation of football. I'm not rooting for any of this. We have a vested right. interest in doing this show. You mean you're not rooting for a spring season um, as opposed to a fall season? Is what right. You're saying. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not okay. rooting for some deviation from the norm. Right. All I'm trying to do here is read tea leaves. You know, we get a ton of people who write in and tell us what's going on. Um you know, I'm not even talking about inside sources, but I'm talking about verballers out there reporting what it's like on the ground in some of these colleges and, and institutions. And um, it just seems like there's a lot of momentum towards a cancellation and towards some sort of last resort spring season. But we have a vested interest here, Dan. And we do. I would prefer it stay in the fall. I just think that this whole spring football idea is going to pick up steam. And so I with some Jeff Brom. I've already seen (laughs) some stuff specifically with regard to Penn State. I sent it to you earlier. Some folks talking in an article like, "Ah, you know, we don't really like it as a long term solution, but as a one off, Uh, 
it could be kind of neat. Yeah. It could be kind of neat. I don't know. Jeff Brom is the only one that I have seen so far outside of like the sports media world who has actually put pen to paper and tried to come up with what a plan for spring football might look like. I quote from this article on ESPN, Brom's proposal outlines an eight-game season beginning February 27th and finishing April 17th, with postseason play wrapping up by May the 15th. He also outlines a slightly truncated fall 2021 schedule that would feature 10 games and begin October 2nd after a four-week training camp. Both plans include playoff options of four or six teams. Quote, this is not a perfect plan, but it will prove that it can be done if people are willing to make sacrifices, Brom said. I wish we all could have been in conjunction as Power Five conferences and done what was best for all, whether it was to continue to play or back the season up or cancel. The fact it's just a few of us right now, we have to find a way to make this work. It's important we all put our thoughts together and do what's best for college football and our student athletes. I've been working on it nonstop. It just got fully done early this morning, end quote. From- yeah, he Jerry Maguire this thing. He really he- did, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he had it bound. He was at Kinko's. It was, I mean, it was thorough and he thought of a lot of different things and they're interesting aspects. I'm I'm willing to read and I mean, I tweeted out from the Solid Verbal account a spring fiver with the Big Ten and Mountain West and Mac and Pac-12 and figuring out a way to play a condensed season. I mean, I didn't go into any of the detail that Jeff Brom did, right, but right. it's it's fascinating to hear because I also saw that Jeff Brom there were a number of calls between Big Ten coaches and he like he uh, credited Jim Harbaugh with one of the postseason things, I believe, that he talked about with the playoff and and the scheduling format. And it's fascinating. It, it really is fascinating. And I like that he talked about, OK, this is what we need before the you know, he talks about a vaccine and improved rapid testing. And like he really did. He didn't say like, OK, this is how this is how the games and practices work. He actually talked about what surrounding elements yeah. need to be in place as well. So I I appreciate his optimism. I appreciate his thoughtfulness. I am. I hope it happens for the Big Ten and Pac-12 because the fall isn't happening. I hope we get something out of the spring. 18 games in what? A year, a year's time. And he, and he talked about all the time off players would have between the spring and summer and fall and, you know, the, the uh, postponed, not postponed, but knocked back into October, November uh, fall season there would be and, and just how the players' bodies would be treated differently in terms of wear and tear. I appreciated all of that to, to sort of adjust how what well, was one day a week in pads practice wise, yeah. which you talked yeah. about. Uh, was the case with him when he was an assistant with the assistant or a player for the 49ers. So there are interesting elements and interesting plans. Unfortunately, the part of the plan that's most important, Jeff Brom is in no control of. Well, and that's just is. what's happening on earth. Nobody yeah. is. Yeah. And right. it, so that's the frustrating part of it. But I do think it's encouraging at a time right now where it does seem like a lot of the news around the sport is very bad. Uh, it does seem encouraging that he's at least put pen to paper and has something down that, look, I don't know if it would work. It seems like it's thorough. Like you said, it's, it's very thoughtful. He definitely put some time in on this. And um, frankly, it's going to take a guy like Jeff Brom to be part of that process to develop the plan if we want it to be successful at all. 
it needs it to have sort that, of that like man on the ground, coach on the sidelines perspective if this thing is going to work. It is sort of strange that Jeff Brom was quicker and more thoughtful than a conference that could have been speaking to its head coaches. And I know getting a consensus among 14 head coaches, you know, in the Big Ten or 12 in the Pac-12 with the commissioner and people in, you know, ADs, it's tough to sort of corral all those cats, to herd all those cats' ideas. But it is strange that when Kevin Warren and Larry Scott announced everything, that they didn't announce at least a skeleton of what a spring timing hope would exactly. be. Exactly. And that Jeff Brom was able to presumably in, you know, 36, 48 hours or whatever, map out his vision for a skeleton. Whereas the people who are paid to organize these football conferences and organize the thoughts of the 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 people that are in charge of football for these individual teams, they were not able to do that. So that's a little bit sad, but at least, you know, we get Jerry Maguire Brom. I like that. Yeah. And by the way, to your point. It raised some eyebrows after who's with me Sorry. after the thank you after the Big yeah. Ten made its announcement. Some stuff came out that they had really only started talking about the spring season the night before they made the announcement. Well, you so, never know if there are contraindicators. <laughs> there could be contraindicators, right? Yeah. But I think that angered a lot of folks who are Big Ten fans. Yeah. Just started talking about this now. Mm-hmm. You knew this was a possibility. So. Again, a lot of folks turning on one another at this point. We'll try to hold it together here on the podcast as best we can. Jeff Brom, though, has created the Brom plan for spring football, and we'll see to what end it's adopted by the Mother Conference. More to come Brom's on that. Away. Mm-hmm. The only other thing I have here on my crib sheet is that <laughs> this is sort of my news of the weird item that okay. I wanted to discuss with you. Dabo Swinney, we talked before about how he's, uh, he said he's all in favor of the Players Association. That's great. Dabo says fewer teams won't hurt the value of a national championship. Quote. Right. The four best teams can go play. We've been one of those teams four or five years in a row. So in my opinion, it doesn't change anything for us. We're just trying to be the best Clemson we can be. Whoever you play every week, You try to win that game. You try to keep moving forward. We don't have any control over that stuff. And certainly I don't judge them in any way. Everyone's got to make decisions they feel is best. If they feel like that's what's best for them, then so be it. So perhaps a a little bit of context lost there. But um, if there's only three conferences, Dan, does a national championship hold the same value to you? (sighs) Sure. Sure. I mean... The Pac-12 and Big Ten chose to do what they're doing. I I happen to feel like there's there's a lot of understandable elements of what those two conferences did. So if you're choo- if you are trying to find a national champion among conferences who are choosing to play, and they arrive at a college football playoff without sacrificing something that feels kind of awful, which is the health of a lot of players, to get to that point, if we get to a point where the college football playoff makes sense given how well these conferences have done health-wise. I think a college football playoff is a reasonable reward for keeping your players healthy during a turbulent time. So I think I'm okay with it. I mean, I saw Steve Spurrier joking that he didn't understand how... (laughs) That was great. You know, the the winner of the SEC playing the winner of the ACC is any different than a normal year. So, um, 
That was good. I, I can I can laugh as a Pac-12 fan, Ty. I have that in me. I I enjoyed the comment just because it it just seemed like so on brand for Dabo. Yeah. <laughs> so on brand for Dabo. Well, Clemson's one of the best teams of the country. We knew that. We haven't done the preview yet, but we knew that going in. So um I don't think any of this diminishes how good of a team Clemson is. It doesn't matter who they play. They're they're still gonna be one of the better teams in the country. Um it just sounds so funny to say it. Doesn't matter. Could be one conference doesn't diminish the value of a championship. Well, you'll remember back in the spring, Dabo Sweeney was positive everybody would be playing football with full stadiums. Correct. You'll remember. Right. So right. I don't know how much weight you want to put in what Dabo's confidence and what the future holds, but you know, I I'm always curious to hear. I'm always curious to hear. So yeah, there's that. Solidverbal at gmail.com is the email. Write in if you've got any additional thoughts on the matter. Look, a lot going on. You can also call in at 408 verbal one. That's a reverb line. Like I said, we'll we'll mash some of those voice messages together and play them next week, either Wednesday or Friday. Amid all the other news going on, I, I guess we're still going to be on target to do two additional conference previews, at least as of recording, those being the ACC and the SEC. Yeah, we'll talk American we'll as well. Yeah. Talk American, we'll just, sure. We'll, yeah. we'll do our best to cover what's out there right now, just knowing what we know without drawing too much in the way of assumptions, Dan. I, I guess that's how we proceed here in Podcastville. Can I? Can we pivot into to non-Bummer Island? Please. I wanted to talk to you, Ty, about what over these past few months, because I'm positive your life has been very different... What are you missing? What can't you wait to do once again? Mm. Sorry. I don't know how much more I can play without getting sued. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so... I mean... Life has been very different for just about everybody, um, just in terms of how much time we spend at home and how little we go out for recreational activities to indoor places since, what, late March, mid-March? Right. So, I'm positive you fantasized... About, yo. <laughs> I'm positive you fantasized about what you cannot wait to do again safely when it is safe to do so. Um, so the floor is yours, Ty. Just talk it out. Well, I miss being able to get together with family. Yeah. I think first and foremost. Um, Doing some backyard stuff though, right? We've done some of the Handling backyard safely, stuff. Yeah. Done some of the backyard stuff, but it's uh, it's just different. Frankly, mm-hmm. it's different. You can't gather in large groups. So that's a bummer. Um, I yep. thought you said this was a non-bummer segment, by the way. You're going to make no, me feel I'm saying, bad. No, I'm saying, I'm, I'm not saying what you, okay, let's, I want, I want excitement. I want, I want to live in the, you know, the scene in Hook where they have the, uh, the giant feast where even though they don't have food, they're imagining and there's something happy about that, I think. All right. Even though there's, there's sadness to there. I'm just, I, I have a lot of things I can't wait to do again. No, well, I mean, I can't, I can't wait to get back to normal with family gatherings. I think that much sort of goes unsaid. Um, you know, I think that's that's definitely the main thing. Um, Bars, restaurants, travel, travel. I think is a big one. Um, ball pits, ball pits, obviously, <laughs> but travel. Everybody that knows Ty, try for sure. Got a big ball pit in the backyard. No, um, I think travel's probably the the number two item there. Um, you know, where to? Here. 
at least here in PA, if you go to certain states, you have to quarantine upon coming back. And I think that's kept a lot of people here. And so, sure. um, you know, that part of it adds a degree of uncertainty. Hit um, me with a country. Hit me with a non-Pennsylvania town far, at least a thousand miles away. Well, we had planned on going somewhere for our anniversary this year. Now that went out the window. Uh, okay. To be clear, not me and you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not you and me. You just said we. Okay. Did I say we? Solid... I was thinking like, where did we plan on? Where, no, 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 no. We no, went no, to Cozumel? No, no, no. no, no. Solid wife okay. Kate and I had planned on going okay. somewhere to be clear. What was in the running? Uh, we talked about everywhere from like Sedona to somewhere in Europe, but that quickly went out the window given all circumstances. So to, to just get back to a point where you can make travel plans like that confidently, I think would be, would definitely go a long way towards making things feel normal. Where in Europe? I don't know. You're asking on, too many Ty. questions, Dan. We're talking Copenhagen, Prague, Copenhagen, South Prague. of France. I don't know. I mean, okay. I think a lot of it was on the table. Ireland, UK, Italy. Oh man, I've heard great things. I've never been to Ireland. Yeah. Italy's fantastic. So stuff um, like that. Stuff like okay. that would help just to kind of have that as an option. Um, I also think going to stores, just like normal stores, not looking around and seeing everybody wearing a mask. Um, sure. I sort of miss that degree of normalcy. Even you like the, checking out strangers, Ty, and you don't get the full experience. Well, I understand you know, what you're saying. Being the playboy I am, sure. Yeah, that's true. But even to the extent of the work commute or going into the mysterious day job to be around. Routine. Yeah, be around colleagues. That routine has been has been upended, so I miss all of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to echo everything you've said. I, I love to travel. Jody with an eye had all sorts of travel plans. We really want to go to Portugal. So it's going to be a while before we end up in Lisboa. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a, an 18 month old son and my parents got to hang out with him a while when we were out in California every day. And now we have no idea when, uh, we're going to see each other again. So there's, I mean, that, that is a pretty significant bummer, but man, Ty, I love food. I want to go for Korean barbecue round two with you. I want to pull down that giant exhaust hood and watch you just admire the, the beauty that is Korean barbecue. I miss that. I miss New York. I'm in Chicago. I'm in Chicago land because life got real different, especially with a, a growing little guy. Uh, and it made more sense given the lack of mobility to be somewhere with, uh, you know, a house situation and around family. So that I miss New York. I mean, New York was amazing. So um, travel, restaurants, obviously, I'm going to concur with you with ball pits. Um, I don't I just the the feeling of going somewhere not thinking about yeah masks and distance like i miss it it's a reality right now but man just going to i got a, an email from one of my favorite restaurants in new york a place called shuka which is you know it's one of those places where it's like rip and dip they bring you all sorts of sauces and breads and kebabs and all that stuff and you can really only eat there. It's one of those places, I guess, like Korean barbecue. Like it's it's an experience. And I can't wait to do that again. To just go somewhere with a bunch of people, hug a good friend or five, and just share food and laugh. Man, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the hell out of that as soon as I can, Ty. Well, you know what? That's a good way, I think, to break for the evening here. Okay. Solidverbal at gmail.com. Write in, let us know. I don't know where you're at, man. How you're doing? 
What's yeah. going on? How you feel about all this college football madness? We're going to do our part. We, we've committed to that. We're going to do our part. We're not going away. The season may be in somewhat of turmoil or uncertainty, but we're going to do our part to stay here, to be with you, to cover it all and react as fans, which is what I think we do best. We are planning on bringing on a number of the writers who are breaking these stories. We talked to Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic previously. I'm sure we'll have her on again sometime soon. As Dan said, we're going to work on Ross Dellinger and some others as well who yeah. have been very active in the space, try and keep you as up to date as we can in our on-demand audio land. I have one more question. I have, I have another question. This, this is going to be good. Okay. This is going to be a little bit more positive. Please. Did you see the story about the Seattle Seahawks rookie corner who tried to sneak uh, in a lady friend to, I think it was the team hotel? Yeah. Where they were all quarantining and bubbling up? One... If we had to quarantine, you know, if, for whatever reason, to be a, an ongoing podcast, how long would you need before you started thinking about sneaking Kate into a bubble, <laughs> if at all? I don't know. Um, and let's say we're in, I don't know, we're in a courtyard by Marriott. We're in the Hilton Garden Inn. We're in a CBM or an HGI. What is your strategy for sneaking Kate into the bub. It would be the biggest bag that I own. <laughs> yeah, she's not a large lady, Ty. I guess you could you could figure out some sort of, okay. Yeah, she's not From, super tall. From uh, Away Travel, former sponsor of The Verbal. Okay. And we would see if we could, if we could stuff her in there. Stuff her into a suitcase. Yeah, that's what we would have to do. And I think I'm it would thinking, work, frankly. Jody with an eye applies to be uh no housekeeping isn't good she's not neat at all but some sort of room service attendant or something at the hotel i don't know what kind of background process background checking they're doing i think that's the way i would do things almost in an oceans 11 type way mm. okay i don't know if it would work but so that story is one of the risks though of there's not even an attempted organized bubble in college football no so that's gonna happen <laughs> that's gonna happen where um somebody is going to miss and understandably so they're gonna miss a, a significant other and try to uh skirt some protocol uh but man i can't believe how quickly that happened in the nfl <laughs> i cannot believe how quickly it's a it is incredible uh yeah i think it would take me three to five weeks. I think I could like really talk myself into doing the right thing for the cause. And then, you know, four or five weeks in, I'm like, man, Ty snores. <laughs> I don't know about this life. That's that, that I think is my timeline. All right. Well, another That's thing it. that people can write in and talk to us about. And you do snore to be clear. I, I have been known to. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's all I have. Dan, this has been fun. Cathartic yeah. even. Yeah. Talk college football with you. Listen, wherever you are, we appreciate Window the download. Window washer, Kate. Hold on. Now it's coming to me. We appreciate the download. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe. If you like the show, please do leave us a review. Every little bit helps. We plan on being here for as long as humanly possible amid these weird, uncertain college football times. But hey, next week's a new week. Let's go into the weekend strong. Hopefully next week's a little bit happier. What do you say? 
I would love that to be the case. For that guy over there, my good friend, Dan Rubenstein, for myself, Ty Hildebrandt, thank you so much for downloading, for listening, for supporting our show. Enjoy your weekend. In the meantime, stay safe and stay solid. Peace. All right, I have another one. Kate's working at the front desk and you have a, you call down to the front desk and you say, hey, I'd like more towels. And the only way she knows what towels is code for is she has to ask you a question like, would you like them just left outside of your room or would you like somebody to knock? And you say, what do you think? And that's the key phrase for Kate to know. This is like Argo.